Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Because 
when we when God starts pulling out the warriors, some of you all are the big guns of the Holy Ghost. Y'all are what God has been waiting for. And you know, it's funny thing about a warrior, you got to make them almost sick and bruised and wounded to keep them down. Because as soon as they start feeling better, they back at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that, you know. And I remember because I was like, um, you know, fussing, and I used to say, "Well, I don't care what you say. God, talk about religious. What? What do you mean religious? Whatever happened to redeem? There's a character to Christianity. There's an identity to Christianity. Both of which correspond 100 percent to the God that begot it." I mean, I, I started, what are y'all talking about? You know, and when we started going through the whole craze of the piercings and the tattoos and the, the you know, the sleeves wear and all of that, I said, well, this is my right. It may be your right, but it's not your Christ. And maybe you don't have the right Christ. Maybe that's why this battle is so important to you, because you got to fight to change Jesus Christ. And you can't change him. He said, I change not. Behold, I change not. I don't know about anybody else, but that thing, you'll see, I need a slap club. That thing gets me. I, behold, he said, I change not. And you know when he said it, Ashley? got to tell you when he said it. Do you want to know when he said it? He said it right after he said, <laughs> you know, that his compassion fell not. That's why you're not consumed. Because he has decided before time to have compassion on our mess. He had already made up his mind and built it in his own character that we were not going to come up to his standard on our own. And if we did occasionally, we would fall back. And so he said, I change not. He said, because I change not, you are not consumed. He said, my compassions fail not. That's why we're not consumed. You know, because you got people running around here, well, I'm doing it, and God didn't take me out. God didn't take you out, but I trust you. I'll tell you what he is doing. He dropped your head. God dropped your head because that's what he does. When you go off in other directions, he drops your head. Now, because God is so good, you may not know your head, somebody trimmed your head just too low until shit ain't both. <laughs> Uh, ooh, that, ooh, that wasn't blocked? How come, God, why didn't you block that? You should have blocked that. Jesus, what's wrong with you? And so he dropped your head, and it took you all 20, some of you 20 years to realize that, the, like, like Saul, like Israel didn't know God had fired Saul, took 20 years because when God stock a thing to win, it wins. And it will win until it runs out of its winning stock. What people don't realize, whew, what they don't realize is that God has got to exhaust every word he gives. He's got to exhaust every word that he gives us. So if he gave us a word to be blessed, we're going to be blessed until the, until the provisions and the products attached to that word are exhausted. And how do I know? Because you feel exhausted right now. <laughs> wow. You feel exhausted. You're like, I am tired of church. I'm tired of preaching. I'm tired of the word. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out and all of that. Why? Because what God provided for that is gone. And when it's gone, it, it, it's administrators, it's spiritual administrators depart. And when they do, the favor goes with them. People don't know what you're doing. They can't understand it. That's why it takes so long for you to get a breakthrough. 
and why you shouldn't miss your time of visitation. Because your breakthrough is literally authorized by the promise that God has attached and the producers and agents that he's assigned. See, here's where we got stuck. Hallelujah. You know, here's where we got stuck. We got stuck on thinking the way people who reject Jesus think, the way people who reject your truth think. See, you think like a rejecter. Oh, come on, somebody. Am I? Be- oh, hallelujah. See, you think like a rejecter. And here's what rejectors think. Oh, well, it's just religion. Oh, it's just spiritual. Oh, it has nothing to do with this world. God is what you deal with later, and that is, if he's there, I'm not even sure he's there. You're thinking the thoughts of a rejecter, not the thoughts of a faithful who believe in Hebrews 11:6. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. So you reject, if you reject the existence of God, you reject the, reject the authority of God, you reject the, the timely, the contemporaneous uh, activities and involvement of God in his world, then you will always be taken out because you will always end up not having his affections because you've rejected him. But he'll love you like a kid, but he won't favor you. And there's a difference between love and favor. People love their children and have the favorite son and the favorite daughter, the favorite child. They love them all. You know, we look at Jacob and Esau. <laughs> okay? I'm telling you, Isaac favored Esau. He loved his sons, but he favored Esau. But God and Jacob's mama favored him. And so you have to recognize favor is not a given. Favor is something you have to earn but protect. God may favor the body of Christ from humanity, but within that whole body, he has favorite parts. And those he favor, he said, are those that, that can treat him with honor and respect. He said, if you lightly esteem me, I'll lightly esteem you and still bring you to eternity because you have a covenant. And so... We get caught up in those one-sided covenants, you know, our side. We read our side. We kind of skip to it, and we go, we hop over all of the things that we don't like. Deuteronomy 28, we, we could just preach that all day long, and nobody wants to preach Deuteronomy 29. Right. See, the song doesn't ring quite the same. No, no, no. You got to change the music. Yeah, who wants to do a dirge, right. you know? And so you forget that. But I'm telling you, when you go, when you process somebody's doctrine and someone's theology, listen for how much they reject God's personality, God's character, his ways, his preferences, as opposed to how much they accept. And then listen for how many times they must modify and edit the text to make it say what they want. Oh, help me, somebody. I don't know about that thing. is Because God is like, you have been conditioned by those who reject Christ. You reject his righteousness. You reject his holiness. You know, you reject his truth. You reject his way of life. You reject his preferences because you reject his personhood. When you start measuring God and Christianity by religions, you have left God. Now, you, you have joined the cultures of this world. But God, I told you before, and I'll keep saying it, whew, God, Christianity cannot be a world religion because it predates the world. Because we were in Christ 
before the foundation of the world. Is anybody wrapping your head around that reality? Whatever time scope or whatever time punch they give planet Earth, they give this universe, we were before them. Before the foundation of the world, there were Christians hid in Christ. Exactly. So we are not a religion. We're a person. We are the literal offspring of the Godhead. I keep saying, and you know why? Because you all are going to stop this trash Christianity. And you're going to stop listening to the trashy rejectors who didn't make the cut. And you're going to stop blessing the people who didn't make the cut as if they have all the answers. The reason that they're altering the text is because they didn't make the cut. Because they couldn't stand it. I can't stand holiness. I can't stand righteousness. I can't stand the word. I can't stand Bible. I can't stand Christians. I can't stand. When you can't stand Christians, you can't stand Christ. Because Christians are Christ and Christ is Christians. We are a person. You realize that we are a person. We're not just subject to Jesus Christ. We are subject. We are his family. We're his soft offspring. We're his seed. Our subjection to Christ is according to our desire to get the best from him. He's a person. We praise because we worship a person, not a religion. Now, I don't, I don't know about all the other stuff, but I'm telling you because that's what we are. We did not need a Bible to make us Christians. We were in him. Oh, help me, Jesus the Christ. We were in him before the foundation of the world. In him. In the same way that your children were in you when you came out of your mama's womb, so were we in him before he said, let there be. That's good gospel. See, we have yet to hear the gospel. Y'all tired of Christianity because y'all haven't heard the gospel. Hallelujah. You haven't heard the good news. You've been hearing the, the, the humanist version of the gospel, humanity's gospel, the gospel of goodwill, the gospel of good deeds. I'm talking about the gospel of good news, for which the reason I like evangelism, because you know, help me, you know, I think, you know, I'm all excited today, guys, I'm charged.
before the foundation of the world. No deity picked you. Well, I'd just rather be the master of my own thing. Baby, you got to go to sleep. You got to get sick. You got to get old. I mean, all your fail-safes are gone. You have no fail-safes for your faith. Christianity, I'm going to say it until Jesus comes or I go to him, whichever one. And I'm open to either way. Christianity was not born on earth. We are not a world religion. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we ought to start saying so. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We don't practice a faith. I'm not, I'm not role-playing my Christianity. I'm in this thing to win it. I'm in this thing to be good at it. I'm in it to take care of Jesus Christ. And I do take care of him every which kind of way. I want whatever he likes. I don't wonder about, well, you know, what if there's no God when you get to heaven? That's like a baby in the womb saying, what if there's no planet when I leave the womb? Mama's in here in the planet. Daddy's in the planet. There has to be one because I was made, I was conceived in this planet. And we were conceived in God's world. I keep telling you, heaven is invisible to us, not because it's unseeable, but because we have been darkened and can't see it. And the more you enlighten yourself with the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth, the more you get past the gospel of your salvation and get into the other 27 strands of the gospel, which is part of my program in my school's program and my apostolic prophetic Bible education, the more you get into the strands, the less questions you have and the, the more answers you get. People are always frustrated with us because I'm like, I don't have that question. That's not a question for me. I'm not curious about that. The things I'm curious about go way beyond this because the man has answered everything. He's answered them for me. He doesn't want to. God's not trying to be mysterious. He just has to protect his excellence from our darkness, from Satan's sin nature in us. He's not trying to be obscure and difficult. He's not trying to be complex and complicated. He's a person. He loves his family. He loves his children. He loves his creation. God does care about the bird that you got in your house that's important to you. Not because he's all that hot on birds or not, but because it's important to you. He cares about that. He said the hairs on your head are important to him. Very important. He cares about that. But God wants you to approach him as he is. God. He wants you to glorify him. By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people... I must be glorified. One thing we don't do today is glorify our Savior, our God, in front of his people. We trash him. We slum him. We sling him off to the corner. We do a whole lot of things to this man. And still, he has made up his mind to be compassionate. He's made up his mind that to let his mercies never fail. He's done that. That's his decision. He's made up his mind to indulge us, to give us 55 chances. He's more than the God of the second chance. He's the God of every chance, endless chance, because he wants us to make it. He said he has a future and a hope for us. He has a future and hope. Jesus is our living hope, living hope. Oh, God, help me. And he wants you to understand that. So God is a person. You know, and you're like, well, I, I mean, some of you are, I can't pray because I just can't pray without seeing what I'm praying to. So what do you do? You, you pray to class. You'd rather play the clay that you made with your hands or some other person made who can't stand you or your God 
then, then to tap into the root you that existed in Christ before the foundation of the world. He existed. You have existed. That's why when we get saved, Ashley, you know you've had those moments. We get saved, and we start feeling like we've been around forever. You ever notice? That's how you know you're saved. You feel like, wow, you find your eternal self. And you get saved, you feel like, my God, I feel like I've been around forever. Like, have I been around forever? You start tapping into God. You understand. You still can't articulate it, maybe, but there is this overriding sense of being bigger than this world, being stronger than this world, being beyond this world because you're in him. Oh, he's a sugar. You know, he's a sugar pie Jesus. And that's what I want you to get out of today. Your hope, you have a living hope. When you, a religion is a dead hope. That's why it's not dynamic. It doesn't change. It just keeps, you keep doing the same rope things over and over again. You do the same thing over and over again. God has days that he, God, listen, God's a person, so guess what he has? He has moods. He has moods. Now, granted, his mood swings will probably take us about 500 years. We'll probably never meet a real mood swing from the Holy Ghost. He's the ancient days. So I'm thinking, you know, God's mood swings probably like, you know, centuries apart, minimum decades apart. But he's a person. So our redemptive worship is not the same as religious ritual. You realize, come on, somebody, hear me. You realize that when redemption steps in, all of the, all of the songs that religion has enjoyed, God begins to get, show us other ways he sings. We don't even realize that he sings. But in the, the Bible keeps saying he sang a hymn. He sings. He likes music. He sings. He gets a kick out of singing. <laughs> Are you following me? So we'll say, you know, onward Christian soldiers, and this is where the religious got stumbled. Onward Christian soldiers, they're like, up, 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 and then somebody else is going to come and make it, make it poppy. Someone's going to make it more melodious. Someone else is going to make it smoother. Someone else is going to make it choppy. Why? Because God is all in all. He's everything. And how he feels about a thing is how he wants it to show up outside of his stuff or outside of his spirit. So re- redemption leaves room for God to enjoy the experience. Religion could care less about God and makes the experience about the people pretending to worship him. Jesus gave a great parable on that. Two guys. He said he had the, he had the you know, the priest, the religious guy, and he had the publican. And the religious guy, he was telling, he went, he went to church to let God know how good he was to him. I pay my tithes, I give to the poor, I do all of this stuff, and I am good at doing this. And Jesus is listening, and he's watching, and then this other guy comes in, and he's like, he almost wants to come in the door backwards. I don't even deserve to face you, God. He comes in, and he said, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Because you know what God needs you to do is recognize that you are not him until he makes you that way. And then when he makes you that way, again, like I said Sunday, all of you all who missed me Sunday, you must go back. You must go and listen to Sunday. Do not miss it. If you're a leader or a pastor, if you're in a Bible study or something, I want you to go. Back and listen to Sunday because we talked about Jesus beginning his life in you as a seed. 
the same way an infant's life begins. We talked about that, and then we talked about what you all really loved, which was, do you remember, Ashley? The baby. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the baby. The baby Jesus leader. Yes. <laughs> because people are taking up leadership before Christ is formed in them, let alone grown. So you're being led by people who didn't take time to let the fullness of Jesus Christ grow up in them. They never got the measure and stature of the true Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus was a baby, he wasn't working miracles. He wasn't preaching the gospel. When Jesus was a baby, he wasn't walking around trying to find dates to preach and people to follow him. He was, he tried, listen, he stepped out one time and his father sent him home at age 12. Send him home. Go and submit to your family, because as far as even God Almighty, you may be the son of God. I know who you are. You know who you are. But your body and your flesh have not yet been nurtured and matured for the commission I gave you. And sent him home to obey his family. A lot of you all are sitting there. You're so proud of yourself. Your leader's 28 years old, 22 years old, 30 years old. You're thrilled that you got a baby over you. Now, what does that say about you? And yet you go to work and you're mad at your baby boss. I got children your age. Think about it. And yet you're trying to get wisdom out of a person who's only been on the planet 22 years, 23 years, 33 years. And you want them to handle your life crises as an adult. You 60, your kids are 40. Some of you are your grandchildren are older than your pastor. And you want wisdom out of that? No, you you there because you dodge in life. And you don't realize it's an issue until life happens. Because when life happens and you can't get the answers, and God won't answer. And you know why? Because he's like, I want to talk to you about wisdom, and you don't have that. Because you didn't go where you can get that. So some of you all, I don't understand. I felt like the Lord told me to go to this church. You wanted to go to that church because you wanted to be you wanted to be chic and trendy. Let's be real. Let's be true. You want to be chic and trendy. And does that mean that they shouldn't have churches? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that you, who are a mature person, ought to let the kids go to the kids' church. That's what it means. It means that if you're going to take on the heavies of life, you need somebody who is at least ahead of you enough to be able to answer it, speak into it, and to gain power with God. You realize that God did not give Jesus power until he came down off the mountain. Somebody did me. He didn't give him power. He wasn't walking around casting out nothing until he came from his inauguration with the Holy Ghost. And it was an agonizing inauguration. Yet we think that because people, well, yeah, but that was under the law. I mean, because we got, now we got the Holy Ghost. Well, who do you think that brought the Holy Ghost to the planet? Jesus Christ. He brought the kingdom of God with him and its protocols and its patterns and its methods, its principles and its systems. We are in this wreck because we had too many kids in power who couldn't face off with them old devils who did not have the answers, didn't finish school, did not do any reading, none of that, couldn't answer it. So when, when Satan came and challenged Christianity, they didn't have any answers. But, ah, got a feeling, everything's going to be all right. Ah, a feeling? You're dealing with the devil with a feeling? Well, I don't care. I just know what I feel in my heart. When you feel in your heart and what he's getting ready to do in God's planet, they don't have to match. 
And we ran on feelings while he was making the big deals to take seats of our power. Because these kids couldn't come. See, they proved they couldn't keep this thing for God. They proved it. This whole youth thing, they proved it. Because I want you to understand, old warriors determine wars. Babies have scuffled. And so we couldn't do this. How did we get here? God said, I told, and I said it Sunday, according to Isaiah, God said he judges. Anybody hear me? He judges a nation by putting children in seats of power and authority, whether they're chronological children, whether they're experiential children, whether they're new to their professions. He puts novices over you when he wants you to be deprived of his wisdom and the solutions that come with it. You all flowing with me out there? Am I getting hearts? I want hearts because you. Okay, I want some hearts because you know this is tough. (laughs) Yeah, you can take a picture of it. Uh huh. You put a slap cloth emoji or something, huh? But I want you to understand that God judged us. He didn't have to worry about destruction taking over. He didn't have to worry about um, the economy going bust. He didn't have to worry about any of those things. All he had to do was allow those who had no power, no knowledge, and no wisdom to take seats of authority and the normal consequences of immaturity and, and, and uh, ill-equipment and amateurishness would run their course. He didn't have to, didn't have to get deep. We think he got deep. He didn't have to get deep. And then he turned around and put people in there that couldn't fight off his enemy, that couldn't fend off the darkness, and became partners with the darkness and parties with the darkness. That's all he had to do. So you are sitting there all excited because you got this teenager in your church. You've got this adolescent who's still trying to get rid of the pimples. Who got, and, you, and here's a joke, Ashley. You ready for the joke? I'm ready for the joke. These kids didn't do well in high school. They didn't do well in L.A. They don't even ask, well, did you do well in school? These kids are dropped out. That's how much you don't believe God is real. That is how much you don't believe he is. You will not go to a company that you don't see have a building. Going there every day, standing in the, in the field. One day a, a building is going to be here, so I'll just come here every day and expect to get paid. You wouldn't do that. You don't, the reason you make literally emotional and, and rash decisions is because you don't believe God is real. You really don't believe there's a God. You really don't believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You really don't believe that God raised him from the dead. You really don't believe that our sovereign became a Savior. You really don't believe that he went back to heaven and he's ruling this thing. You don't believe it, which is why you don't want to press for the best out of it. Because when you believe something, when you believe you, you, you are worth the best and you believe, think about it, you went to school, you got a great education, and what did you say? You want a job that's going to pay your school loan and still give you a good life. And you will not go to a company that you don't think can do that unless you have no choice or unless there are some other benefit to it. Yet you will still go and celebrate all of these kids that don't know two ounces of God and can't know it. Because wisdom takes the time it takes. It takes a 24-7, 365 experience. You've got to live it. You can learn not.
situation, but you got to live wisdom. Wisdom rewards those who live through it, who live through life, who live through trial. Some of you have great experiences, but you still don't have the knowledge it takes to understand what happens at the end. You know, actually, we talked yesterday. I know we're about ready to wrap up for our guest. I can't wait to hear. I haven't seen him or talked to him since then. But we talked yesterday. I got up yesterday. God told me to read Job. And I was like, you know, we're just a Job. It's a little sketchy. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. when, when the Lord tells you to read Job, you're like, oh, Jesus. But I was reading Job, and I got to chapter 5. And I saw a statement in chapter 5, King James Version, you know, I saw a statement in Job, chapter 5, that literally blew my mind. And you know what it said, folks? It says, six times the Lord will deliver you, and the seventh time evil will touch you no more. I was lost. I said, come on. I said, that was worth the coffee. Have my perfect cup of coffee. That was worth the coffee. That was worth everything because he said if you could ride out your trials. See, you can't, and trials take the time they take. If you could ride out your trials and bounce back from your opposition and come back from your devastation and you're better for it, and not only are you personally, but you have a better dispensation for those that you will serve, he said, the, the evil have got to bow and say, but you will, and you beat me. You didn't beat me because you cussed. You didn't beat me because you backslid. You didn't beat me because you were drug addicted. You didn't beat me because you broke the rules of God. You didn't beat me because you left the church. You didn't beat me because you stopped financing the church. He said, you beat me because you outlasted my best. You outlived my trial against you. And that's why you, that's when your trials turn to a trial. He said, I've thrown my best at you. When the devil is throwing his best at you, he can't come back again. Come on, somebody, because he has nothing else in his arsenal against you. And the hand of the Lord, the word of the Lord would say, it is enough. All right, I'm going to shut up because it's 1130. You know, I'm, I'm on fire now. Say they both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on fire. Yes, I am. He's on the right. Oh, is he? <laughs> Don't be at the way. I got my flames going up over there, and I got my slot club. You know, I'm excited. Hello, man of God. How are you? Got to hit that mute button. Hello. Hey. How are you doing? Hey, Dr. Price. How are you? I am wonderful, Nishan. How are you doing? I am so blessed. The blessed call me blessed. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad to hear your voice. I wanted our audience to hear from you since you will be one of our speakers in June, which is only a couple of weeks away. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm so excited. So here's what I want you to do. I know that you have a limited amount of time. So I'll ask you to introduce yourself to the audience. This is you're on um, my Block Talk radio show and Periscope. They're listening to you there, and then give us a little bit of a backstory on you and your, you know, succinct version enough to make them press their way in June, and then and share whatever else may be on your heart. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to thank you. First of all, I want to thank you for uh, the privilege and the honor of being a part of your ministry, being a part of what God is doing um, in your life, through your life here in the earth. And uh, I am 
so excited, so excited, so excited. So thank you. I honor you um, with all my heart. And the first time I met you, there was such an anointing on your life. I mean, just, just touching your hand, there was a grace on your life. I mean, power went through my body. And I knew from that moment in Chicago that God was going to do something special. And um, I just, again, I want to thank you um, because it's an honor to be a part of, um, to be a part of such an anointing ministry, such an anointing movement that God is doing through you and, and through all of those that work and serve with you in advancing the kingdom. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Price. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, thank you. I'm glad that we connected. Awesome. 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 So uh, I'm Dr. Nishan Walker and uh, to the audience, um, I am originally from uh, the inner cities of Philadelphia, and uh, I grew up without uh, both of my parents for most of my life. Um, the enemy really uh, did a work on, on my family's genealogy, and uh, my family uh, before me, they were heavily engaged in the street life, heavily engaged into the gang life, um, incarceration, poverty, drug addiction, uh, was the norm uh, for my family, and both my mother and my father were caught up into that life. So growing up in the inner cities of Philadelphia, uh, I grew up with so many different people, grandmothers, aunts, uncles, uh, different people, and I did. I wasn't raised in the church, you know, and uh, it was really tough and hard for me because I'm the oldest of six siblings, but I never lived with any of my siblings because of the devastation of the street life and I, I think sometimes people in the church, a lot of times people in the church and people in the kingdom, they don't fully understand the devastation uh, and the complexity that comes along with being born into the street life here in America. And <clears throat> the enemy really did a work on me as a young man, uh, and I began to, to sell drugs myself. I began to do drugs um, heavily. I was heavily in the street life, began to sell guns. I had guns. I mean, it was just, it, it was a mess. And at the age of 19, um, I committed a crime with my biological father. And it was a major crime, and I got incarcerated for it. And I was facing a maximum mandatory sentence of 85 years in prison at age 19. I was the youngest guy on my block. And it was at that moment that God sent somebody my way to minister Jesus to me. And I was at my lowest point. And I said, my goodness, I need change. I can't keep doing, going down this route. So the man said, you need to call on Jesus. You need Jesus. And that's what I did. I called on Jesus. And from that time in that jail cell, my life totally transformed. I spent 18 months in a jail cell. And I got closer to God. I got closer to his word. Um, I mean, things began to happen in that cell. God did so many different things. And upon my release, that's when I set out. I said, you know what? I have to fulfill the plan of God that's on my life. Um, and I got released age 21. That was a miraculous release. Um, I did 18 months. Um, 21, I came home um, with, with just faith that God had a plan for my life. And um, when I came home, God began to miraculously elevate me to another level. 
Um, within nine months of my prison release, I got accepted into one of the top private schools in America. It's called Messiah College. It's a Christian college. I got accepted into that college without my official transcripts, without SA, without high SAT scores. Plus, they paid 70% of all my tuition. I mean, it was such a miraculous miracle. Here it is. You're looking at somebody who was facing 85 years in prison. And now within nine months of the prison release, I get accepted into one of the top Christian schools, and they pay 70% of all my tuition. So from that point on, God just began to open me up to so much, and I began to live a miraculous, miraculous life. Um, and uh, my mother, I went back to Philadelphia. My mother was on drugs for 28 years, and the Spirit of God spoke to me. I was worshiping him in my dorm room. And when I was worshiping him, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, I want you to go get your mother. So I went and I got my mother, and 10 years later, my mother has been clean. She gave her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. She graduated from college with honors, and now she is the head drug and alcohol counselor at the very same rehab that she came in 10 years ago, and she's transforming the lives of these women. And I can go on and on. There's, a, there's an anointing on my life for the miraculous. God has there elevated is. me. He has elevated me. He, continue, he continues to elevate me because I follow protocol. I follow authority, and I was listening to the message, and it was so powerful uh, uh, what you were sharing, Dr., Dr. Price, because I really believe in protocol. I really believe in order in the kingdom, and a lot of times, um, when we get a little glimpse of the Holy Spirit, a glimpse of the anointing, we think that we can go and do it ourselves without being submitted to somebody else. And I'm really big on that. So um, my whole life has been about being submitted to authority, and God has lifted me. God has elevated me. And now my ministry is strictly in the inner cities of America. I am on a mission. I am on a mission to lift the lives of inner city youth all over this nation because God spoke. It's, people need to listen to the late Dr. Miles Monroe. It was the Azusa uh, Conference, 1990. Dr. Miles Monroe, he prophesied. He prophesied and said that God's eyes has now turned to the third world of America. And he said that the third world of America was the inner cities. And he defined what the third world was. He said the third world is a population of people that live in a place that did not directly benefit from the Industrial Revolution. African-American people did not benefit from the Industrial Revolution. So every inner city that we ride through, that, we, that they talk about, you have to understand that that is the third world of America. And God's eyes is on the third world. God's eyes is there. He is, God is raising up the, most, the, the men from the most obscure, most dark places to usher in the end-time harvest. And I am one of them, and I am one of those young men. And I'm telling you, God has done miraculous things in my life. My father just, I just led my father to the Lord. Uh, it, it's so many things going on right now in the spirit realm. And God's eyes is in the inner city. And that's where I'm called. I'm actually right now in the inner city of Philadelphia, North Philadelphia right now, and we're about to do a charity concert right now at the school where some of the young people were injured and died in the school bus wreck. 
And we're here right now to speak life. God has opened up public schools to us. God has opened up the school systems to us to come in and to speak life through music, through media, and through mentorship training models. And I'm telling you, there is something happening in the earth right now. And God's eyes is on the third world of America. Well, I'm excited. And right now, they're loving you on uh, Periscope. Trust me, they're loving you. I want to say two I want you to do this because I know you have to leave. But I want you to do uh, one of two things, or actually two things. First of all, I want to tell you, he will be with us in June. Now, you know, this is interesting how God orchestrated this. We've never had youth in teen sessions, but we do this year. Bring your kids. Bring yes. your sons and your daughters. Yes. This man does have an anointing for them. We, I mean, the way God orchestrated this is stunning. You've got problem youngsters. You've got kids that can't connect, kids who don't mm-hmm. know which way to go. Bring your children. This is our first year, so I want to tell you that because that's why he's on here today, and that is mm-hmm. why God connected us. The second thing is that when we met you, you had just signed a record label or something, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, God opened up a door for me to sign a global distribution deal with Warner Music Group. And uh, if if you don't mind, I want to share just briefly about the spiritual implications of that. Is that okay, Dr. Paul? Please do. So the spirit of God, about three and a half years ago, I was praying in the spirit. And I was actually in Fort Worth, Texas at a Kenneth Copeland conference, and Dr. Bill Winston was speaking, and I was sitting right there in the front because that was the time where um, they, uh, they aired my, my program. I was, I was featured on the Believer's Voice of Victory uh, TV program and also on one of their magazine covers, and I was there, and Dr. Bill Winston was preaching a message on ownership, and when he preached the message on ownership, something erupted in my spirit. And prior to that, I really didn't have a desire to reach back to the inner city youth of America. But that was one of those conferences, in addition to to the message from Dr. Miles Monroe that I referenced earlier, that really exploded the prophetic destiny that was on my life. And from that from that point, the Spirit of God took me into a trance, and I had a three-and-a-half-hour vision. And the Spirit of God was speaking to me about certain things, and those are the things that I'm going to share at this conference. So people need to be there, and they need to bring their young people. It is imperative that their young people come to this conference because God is using my ministry to unveil a hidden demonic force. It has been a demonic force that has been wiping out our young people. We have been so focused on us. So focus on our ministry, so focus on our business, so focus on our destiny that we have lost sight of our leaders in the kingdom tomorrow. And there is a demonic force that has been slaughtering our young people. I'm telling you, and he's, they've been, he's been slaughter, slaughtering the mindsets, slaughtering their desire to go deeper in the things of God. And I am going to expose that demonic principality. I'm going to expose the whole plan during this conference and we are seeing amazing and radical things and the deal with warner music group has everything to do with what has been exposed because 
I was in a church. This is the last thing I said. I was in a church. I was invited to speak at a church in D.C. for a Resurrection Sunday service. We had a powerful time. At the end of the service, you know how everybody fellowships, they're talking about how amazing the service was, about what God is about to do, and everybody's talking. And immediately I see a young lady. She had to be about 14 or 15 years old. And because God has trained me in how to identify this principality when it's at work, I knew to ask the right questions. So I walked up to this young lady, 14 and 15, all the adults, all the leaders are fellowshipping. They're, they're laughing, they're talking, and talking about how powerful the Holy Ghost has fallen in the place. And I see this young lady, and I walk up to her. She has headphones on right at the end of service. She has headphones on. And I said, um, hey, how you doing, young lady? What are you listening to? Immediately, when she tells me the name of the two secular mainstream artists, I knew that that devil was at work right in the church, right in the church, right with the young person. She's literally listening to this music, being seduced, being seduced right after Resurrection Sunday uh, message. Five minutes later, and I told her, I said, why are you listening to, to them? I don't think you should be listening to them. Five minutes later, somebody calls me, Dr. Nishan, I need you to meet this, this lady. She just, she, uh, she needs to talk to you. I talked to the lady and she said, you know, I'm from, I'm from Nigeria. We just got here. And, you know, my daughter, she was an A student. She was doing well. When she got here, something changed in her. And I'm like, I wonder if she's talking about the same. And she says, my daughter, she's about, she's, my daughter, she's 14 years old. And I said, is that your daughter right there? She was like, yes. And that's when the spirit of God showed me what's happening to our young people right in the kingdom. And it will be exposed during this conference. And I'm telling you, something is happening. And we are taking the lives of tomorrow's leaders back through prayer, the air, and on the ground. And I'm so excited to be there in June, Dr. Price. I am. I, I tell you, I'm already excited. I'm wishing it was next week. And I'm sure my audience out there is just going crazy over it. Are you getting any feedback from what they're saying? Oh, they said, man, Brian got a message. Somebody, Brian, listen to the testimony. And um, bringing their, some of them, yes, bringing their young people. And knowing this is the perfect year. This is perfect. the time. You know, don't miss your day of visitation. I wrote an article that was reposted yesterday on my Facebook site. Go and read that about not missing your day of visitation. But I want to say to you, one last thing, um, Dr. Nishan, I want, to, I want to ask you one thing. Is it possible for us to give them a little taste of what you have on my little Facebook site? Could you send Prophet Ashley a little taste of your music or something on our Facebook site? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I can. All right. We would I love can do that. that. And then we'll, we'll put the link in there for them to get the rest of it from where you are. So make sure we have a link. Okay. Well, you've done a phenomenal job. We're, we thank you for stopping by today. You have been a powerful guest, and I cannot wait to see you in uh, uh, in a couple of weeks. Now, is there any closing Absolutely. remarks you'd like to make to the pastors of, or, or people with youth groups? And think, can you encourage them to bring their young people, even if they are more than just, but also churches and ministries, etc. Absolutely. This is what I tell everybody, and this is the reality. The reason why God chose Abraham was because he knew he would train his children. Let me say that again. 
The reason why God chose Abraham was because he, the scripture says because he knew that Abraham would train his children. When you make the effort to bring the children and the youth along, there is an extraordinary anointing that will come on your ministry. There's an extraordinary anointing that will come on your life. If that was the prerequisite for Abraham in order to be chosen as a patriarch, my gosh, God chose Abraham because he knew he would train his children, and the legacy of the kingdom will continue. God is about his legacy continuing here on the earth. So bring the young people. I'm telling you, there is an anointing for your life that you can only get by putting your youth in the position to be trained in order to perpetuate the kingdom of God here in the earth. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Deshaun. I'm looking forward to you next week. Hey, guys, pass this on, pass this on. I wish you the best in the event you're about to have. I release a superior anointing on you, yes. and I push you to yes. that next level that you've been asking yes. God to give you in in Jesus' yes. name. And from this day forward, a new three-dimensional anointing and power will emit from you when you open your mouth to sing and also will transmit to you deliverance to youth when you reach forth your hands to touch them. This I decree in, uh, in Jesus' name. Let it be so and let it start today. God bless you. I receive. Bless you guys too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm telling you, was that? I'm I'm ready. I'm like, okay, hallelujah. So let me say this to you. You've heard the man yourself. We've watched him. He has hit every kind of strata. All of you young people who feel like it's over, it's hopeless, uh, what I've done is so bad I can't come back from, how I've done, forget that. Find somebody to sponsor you. Some of you all in your churches have the adults sponsor you and sponsor these children. You have an opportunity to bring them into something that speaks to them. You know my passion for young people. You know how much I love the millennials. You know, I love them. And the millennials, I want you all to come because you have a great anointing, and God wants to intensify that and empower you and equip you to minister to your generation and to those that are coming up. So come and get your anointing. But I'm telling you, Churches, youth groups, you need to get a bus, get some vans, and bring your children to be free. You know, when God says, I have a place of liberty, you need to go to the, where he has set up that tent. This is just a tent. This is not even a monument. This is a tent. He's visiting us for this event. But bring, bring your young people. Get a bus. Go online, drpaulaprice.com, and find out how to register your group, your youth group. Bring them no matter what. I don't care what you say, but because God is issuing hope to this generation. See, our young people don't have hope. We already are rolling in the hope of God, but they don't. They don't know that Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God is giving them a future and a hope. And I need you to do this. If you a mama, grandma, dad, preacher, pastor, apostle, prophet, whatever, whoever you are, if you have young people in your life, don't miss this window. And don't, make, don't be the reason they miss their time of visitation. 
Hallelujah. Come on, Prophet Ash, it's your turn. You can speak now. We everybody can come on Shade Abel. We got so much for you today. You can chat for a little bit. I sure we could. Well, you know, it's chat for a little bit or just say nothing because so many amazing things have been said already. Um <clears throat> earlier talking about how um what was the point that you made about redemptive worship is not the same as religious ritual. And I think that's where people get stuck when it comes to order in the church. Because we fight that order saying it will quench, everything is going to quench the Holy Spirit anytime we introduce order. But history tells us every great move of God was in order. And it came in order. Now, there were moments that were spontaneous, but for the most part, there was a plan. Mm -hmm. When God showed up, there was a plan. Moses showed us that. The Lord's going to be here today. (laughs) This is the move. We need to get in order today, not tomorrow, (laughs) not next week, today. (laughs) And uh, God mutated, and we we know what happened there. It was not pretty. But dealing with how that redemptive worship has a liberty, but still has a structure. Mm -hmm. And we fight, I think, the idea of structure and rigidity and being inflexible and how everything becomes an either-or. There's either going to be some structure or none. None. Get in and see what happens. And sometimes we do. Sometimes we'll strike up the band. Not in an official service, mm-hmm. but we might say, we're going to have a prayer service. We're going to see where God goes. And in those moments, yes. And then in the other times, you have to have that order for him to follow, for him to move, and for him to flow. So just even, uh, I appreciate you addressing um, those areas. Redemption leaves room for God to enjoy the experience mm-hmm. because he is a living being. He <laughs> is a life. A life. <laughs> And if we are offspring, that means the, the, the way we're constructed on a basic level is the way he's constructed. We leave that out. It would be absolutely ridiculous. Somebody could come in here and have a completely different complexion, look like they're from another part of the world, and say I'm your biological child. We would have to look at that. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Because you are supposed to be some sort of replication mm-hmm. of me. People see you next to Prophet Tala, and it's clear you're the mom. I'm the mom. And it's clear she's your daughter. They see pictures of her dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. What did they say in the last trip? He walked in the room. And that has to be Prophet Tala's dad because they look just alike. Mm-hmm. Now, she clearly looks like herself. Mm-hmm. And he clearly looks like himself. But there is a clear overlap. <laughs> <laughs> And with God, we never look for the overlap as his offspring. Mm-hmm. We look for the either or. Well, this God is way over here. Now, we say father, we'll say family, and we will walk away from all of the ideals and identifiers and markers that we use on earth to prove the connection. Mm. Don't be. And so when he kicks up and says something, that's not God, that's not my father. That's not. Yes, it is. You yes. don't know your father. You don't. You don't. So those were a couple of things that you just sent me down the road thinking. Some of our feedback from our viewers. Oh, I would love to hear that. Yeah. <clears throat> One gentleman said, enjoy this on my lunch break. <laughs> 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 Someone else said, revealing his name. 
talking about favor is not a given. You can love without favor. Maybe I'll let Prophet Adia speak on that. I won't say everything, Prophet Adia. Someone said, wow, set it straight, Apostle, and I'm getting saved this morning. That was Rachel. <laughs> I'm saved this morning. It's more important. I'm getting saved this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else said, uh, I think it's what Sam said, Apostle is knocking stupidity out of us. <laughs> and uh, one other lady said, I so love Dr. Price. She is the truth. Wow. Isn't God good? You know, also, I want to go back to something that you said. I think, Ashley, you kind of rushed through it a little quicker than the audience needs to hear. You gave the example of Tom, of, of Tala, her father, and her mom, okay? But there's an, an even more uh, relevant, non-visual example, and that is you mm. and me, mm. or Adia and me. People will, uh, you'll yeah. go, they meet you. And they say, you remind me of. You sound just like, that is true. That is true. And, and when we're all together, mm-hmm. when we travel, I know, you know, I know on the rare when all four of us are on the same trip in the airport or something, people will say, is that your mom? So all, all, uh-huh. three, of us, so all three of us look don't totally look differently. Totally we different. clearly don't look alike. <laughs> but when we come together, because we're so alike in spirit, and uh, even in agreement mm-hmm. on life, it can confuse people. So they'll say, oh, was that your mom? These are your daughters. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It was e- it's, sometimes it's easier to just say yes, yes. and just go on. Yes, we, we've been together so long. Mm-hmm. We have become a whole other kind of family. And it, it's true how you do when you – I think that can only happen when you surrender the transformation. Mm-hmm. I never surrendered and ate this message, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a midnight snack many a night. Many a night, baby. Working through it, that transformation doesn't happen. There were people who were with us for years, and it never, never happened. Never changed. And strangers told us it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. No, strangers told us it wouldn't happen in this person. And they would always tell them, so how do you fit in here? Mm-hmm. Now, it, it wasn't about race. No, we had them all. It was about the we have some who are not African-American people, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. That's one of yours. Mm-hmm. It, 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 no, how about that, that redhead that's always running the music, that girl back there. Who is she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people remember your fruit. Once they recognize your DNA, they remember your fruit. And it does, literally, it carries your life print, and it carries the soul print. And so they have the spirit of the living God, but they have the soul print that God gave me, for those that he has assigned to the mantle on my life. And I didn't want us to just run on past that because I thought that's just too powerful. I mean, you think about it. Remember, I, when I first came to, uh, to Tulsa, you always knew an ORU student. Yeah. It didn't make a difference if they were African, Asian, Middle Eastern, you know, American. But, but it didn't matter. They all had that DNA. And people could identify who went to Rama. Yes, we could. Who went to or you were an opposite side of town, mm-hmm. uh, being the other large Christian school in town, and they would know. Mm-hmm. You go to ORU. Yes. You're an ORU either. Yeah, and they knew it. And we knew it. And 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 how about this? When you went to other places, like other jobs and offices, you're like, but you graduated ORU because yes. you got that ORU yes. thing on you. When people buy in, they buy it, then it comes in. You know, the Lord Jesus says, 
you can't see the kingdom of God until it's in you, and then you cannot miss seeing it once it's in you. Then you can define it. You can never define the Christ in you if you're not walking with that same Christ within. You just can't do it. I just thought that was very good to say. It was too good of an analogy to just leave it in the concrete. I wanted them to see it in the abstract. When, you know? when we were in college, and, and Chief and I did everything together, because, well, she had the car. <laughs> and, you know, we're best friends. And so we were everywhere together. And we share money. We, well, your house. Yeah. <laughs> you share the mama. And people would say to me, hi, Carla, if we weren't together. <laughs> now, I don't think they ever call her Ashley. But they always call me Carla. And I was like, hi, how was your mom this before my mom moved here? How's your mom? I know they're talking about you. She's great. Well, tell your mom I said hi. Tell your mom I said hi. And it was, and even years and years, there were people five years ago who just realized you aren't my mother. Mm-hmm. Because of how. That DNA, that the spiritual DNA, mm-hmm. you know, that divine lineage. And that's what I'm talking about today, the divine lineage. There is a divine lineage that everybody has, and that lineage either fits or don't fit. The people who couldn't, be, who couldn't connect with us when, when those she was talking about, they were not of our divine lineage. You know, God told um, Israel when they were in some land, he said, but go back to the rock from which you were hewn. You know, you and the mother that bore you, because those things are true. So you have to really be aware of the divine lineage. That doesn't make you enemy, enemies. God had 12 tribes for a reason. He's got seven churches for a reason. He has 12 apostles for a reason. That's that many lineages that he is going to have on planet Earth. Prophet Adia. <laughs> Dr. Price. <laughs> How are you doing, <laughs> I'm good. I am good. I am soaking all this in today. It's been so good. Well, it's now your turn to give. Uh, now, Prophet Ashley says she left your stuff. I did. Well, she kind of touched on the, the, the one aspect I was really going to touch on, that was the redemption versus religion. So um, I was trying to <laughs> go back through to see. You know, what? there were so many other things that were said. I, I loved the piece that you talked about, uh, the Lord singing uh, and, and his song over us. And just that, just that whole nature of that conversation there about the, you brought up the reality is that he cares deeply about each and every aspect of what we're facing, which is what makes him a living God. Um, but realizing that we have to reverence him and regard him and come to him a particular way, I feel like it is a continuation on Sunday, uh, Sunday's message, and also even last week when you were just dealing with, um, you know, our understanding of, of how to present ourselves before him. Um, so I thought that was really, it was necessary, it was powerful, and of course, uh, soaking up everything from Dr. Deshaun as well about this generation. So it was just a powerful day altogether. Well, I know the generation conversation had you shouting, didn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, he's hitting the nail on the head um, on this, uh, that, that particular vein, especially about the seducing uh, spirit and spirit powers and principalities that this generation faces, many of them unknowingly. So they've got a target on their back, you know, and it's our responsibility, obviously, as those who are ahead uh, to look out for them, to look out to make sure that this generation comes up knowing the will of the Lord. So it was powerful. I, I loved it. I'm glad. Well, you know, I wanted our audience to know before we leave Periscope that Prophet Adia is our prophetic advisor for the youth. 
for adolescents and for the young ones. I mean, think about that. God raised up a prophet, not just a minister, not just an evangelist, you know, but a real bona fide prophet for the youth of this generation. You know, she's not trying to reach beyond her scope. She has her Saturday morning uh, broadcast on YouTube. She has her, her manual. She's doing manuals and trainings. She has a website there. So your young people also, because God, I always taught, God provides profits for everybody, everybody. Even your little toddler can speak into the little babies and all of those kinds of things. I know toddler did. And so I'm telling you this is this is powerful. So Adia, did you want to add to your the invitation for them to bring their young people in a few weeks to Tulsa? So absolutely. You know, God is he is tapping the Samuels of this generation now. You know, those that will literally minister before the Lord in their youth. And so this is an opportunity um, for you to really foster the call of God in your child's life. This is something that God is doing. He is stirring up this generation. We're going to see a lot of young people powerfully, powerfully revived going after God's spirit. And you, as a parent, you can be the Hannah to your children and putting them in the right place at the right time for God to make a move. So you do not want to miss out on this. Uh, There is so much that we can do as the leaders of the next generation to put them in a posture for God to do a work in their lives. So get them here. And also the younger teens, those tweens, um, you know, you're 13 years old, 14-year-olds, especially that age as well. Um, There's a thirst. I'm telling you there's a thirst. And if your child is talking to you about being used by God, do not ignore that. Get them here because that is God that is prodding them, and he is pulling them in so that he can do great works with them. So bring them. Bring them. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. So do you think, Prophet Adir, that God is tapping the prophets of the future in this generation despite the warfare that they face? or And do you think that the warfare is indicative of what God is doing with this generation? No, absolutely. I I was just going to say that. I was going to say I think that he's doing it in light of the warfare, Um, tapping prophets specifically, young prophets, so that they can wage war because, you know, God is prepping now because he understands the era to come. You know, we are, we are, we are moving in the now. We are situated in the now, but God is preparing his young people for the era that he knows what they're going to have to face off with. You know, I often will talk to people about, I go to Barnes and Noble a lot. I go to Books a Million a lot. And I just sit in the young people's section. And when I tell you that all, all they are being infused with is witchcraft, demonics, and all kinds of hosts of wickedness, that's all they're reading all day long, every day. And there is very few resources to counterbalance that. And so we got to, you, you said something really interesting, Dr. Price, in your prophetic assessment about how prophets have to always be prepared for God's adversaries. And they, I believe it's the same for this generation. You know, God is aggressively speaking out and tapping young prophets tapping young apostles, tapping them right now so that he can gain a covenant with them so that they can literally be strong enough to face off. They're going to have to face off with this kind of, with that high level demonic activity when they become the next presidents, when they become the next leaders, and they have to be equipped to be able to do that. So I strongly believe that. Well, I'm glad to hear you say it. I think it's very powerful for us to recognize that because, you know, 
you're thinking most parents are, are training their, or, or equipping or preparing their children to be good teachers, to be good preachers, to be good politicians, business people, entrepreneurs, professionals, etc. You're so you've got that down pat. What you have not considered is the climate in which they must fly those crafts and the trades that they're going to have to adapt to a fully. I mean, to this world that's to come, because you think about the uh, the young people that we are addressing today, they weren't prepared. That's why they don't know what's wrong with this, so they can't defend God in that. They can't even defend their faith. Like he said, this girl is sitting here in a Resurrection Sunday sermon listening to demonic music. And the past parents are frustrated. They don't know what to do, et cetera. So this is a ripe time to not let your children lay back on culture. That's what we're doing. We are preparing them to not only survive the next generation, but to also not compromise, to be the lead and not the sled. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward. As you can see, Ashley, I'm still fired up. Prophet Adia, I'm getting ready to shift them. Periscope, I've got to leave you, but don't forget tonight, Prophetic Ed, 8 p.m. You don't want to miss it. It's great. Now, you can see I'm already flying. You know I'm high, so you've got to know I'm high on the Holy Ghost. You've got to know to tune in tonight. And, again, to make arrangements to bring your young people, go to drpaulaprice.com. God bless you. Let's switch over to Blog Talk. Prophet Adia, it's on you. All right, guys. You've been listening today to the Paula Price Show on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. You can visit us there. You can RSS feed to the website so that you never miss an episode. What will happen is you'll receive an email notification every time we are about to go live. We are here every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can catch us here. This is your Thursday broadcast, so make sure you save us to your favorites and plan to tune in week after week. Coming up tonight, Dr. Price will be live on Periscope at 8 o'clock p.m. for Prophetic Ed, so don't miss out on that. Just download the Periscope app to your phone or tablet and click to follow Dr. Paula Price. That way you'll receive a notification when she's about to go live. We want to take a moment to welcome you if this is your very first time calling into the Paula Price Show broadcast. We say welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening today. Make sure you join our mailing list online at drpaulaaprice.com. Again, drpaulaaprice.com. You've heard Dr. Price talk today about the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Want to let you know how you can register for that, how you can get connected. God is on the move. He is doing such a work, and you don't want to miss out on this. So you can register online at drpaulaaprice.com. Again, that's drpaulaaprice.com. You can register for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. If you are interested in registering your group or registering students, you'll find when you visit the registration link that there are multiple options that you can choose from that will help you to be able to register. So all you have to do is go ahead and click online at drpaulaaprice.com, and you'll be able to see all the registration options that are available to you, and we encourage you to do so. Right now, the group rate is groups of 10 or more can go for $75 per person. If you're in a group of five or more, the rate is $89 per person. So, again, visit us there so that you can see the rates. You can also give us a call if you have questions at 877-419-1299. Again, our contact number if you have questions about the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute is 
877-419-1299. Now, before I conclude with the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, I also want to let you know that we have a family of four rate as well. So if you're listening on the line and you've got three teens or if, you are, uh, if you're a two-parent team and you've got two teens that you want to bring, you can register under the family of four as well as regist- registering individual teens under the teen rate. So everything you need to know is online at drpaulaaprice.com. All right, don't forget to tune in this Sunday. Dr. Price will be broadcasting for her Sunday message on organic Christianity, also via Periscope. So make sure that you download your Periscope app and follow Dr. Price there under Dr. Paula Price. Big shout out to our Twitter family. We love you. Thank you for sharing, sharing, sharing. And if you're listening on, share this message today. Thank you so much. Facebook, we love you. Thank you. Do the same. Share the message on Facebook. And if you know a young person, share that as well. Want to make sure I shout out to the iPhone users, if you are an iPhone user, you can register or rather subscribe to the Paula Price Show on the podcast app. We are on podcast app on iTunes, so make sure you go onto your iTunes library and subscribe to the Paula Price Show via your podcast app. That way you can take the show with you. All right, we know that you were anxiously awaiting talking to Dr. Price during this last half hour of the show, so we're going to do that now. We're going to take your calls. Make sure if you're just joining us on the line, if you do want to speak to Dr. Price, you need to be sure and press number one right now. All right, Prophet Ashley, back to you. All right, thank you, Prophet Adia. That's right. Press that number one. Give prayer, prophecy, direction, insight. If you have feedback from the first portion of the show, we want to hear it. If you uh, have following up and you have an update for Dr. Price, we want to hear it. So we will be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price, host of the Paula Price Show, reminding you to revisit last week's program at blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show. Welcome to PPM Global Resources, your one-stop ministry resource company. Whether ministry, professional, or personal, our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Explore the possibilities to conquer your world. Where are you going today? Ready to launch your own ministry? Want to develop a ministry training program? Looking for credible ministry education? You want guidance or direction? Maybe you just want to discover who you are. If you are a purpose seeker, looking for fresh resources, new ministry solutions, and endless possibilities, then welcome to PPM Global Resources, a ministry and professional resources company dedicated to meeting the needs of the 21st century minister. Why choose PPM Global? Because you want something better. We help build your vision, educate you in your calling, train you to succeed, teach you valuable skills, equip you to achieve, release you to conquer your world. Our business is your interests, whether ministry, professional, or personal. Our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. Think of us as your personal vision support team. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Your success is our passion. 
Check us out online or contact us at 877-649-PPMG. Hello, my name is Prophet Dr. Rolf Spears, and I'm the author of Coaching Leadership Families. And I'd like to give you some really good news from Dr. Paula A. Price and PPM Global Resources. They have decided to appoint me as the new family advisor with a focus on encouraging, strengthening, and supporting apostolic, prophetic, and fivefold families in the body of Christ. I am honored to accept this position. And if you have any questions or you want more information or you'd like to schedule a family advisement, please contact Prophet Ashley Clater at 877-419-1299 or email us at admin at ppmglobalresources.com. How would you like to take the guesswork out of discovering your purpose and call by using one simple tool? At Dynamic Instrument, our assessments offer a variety of solutions for all aspects of ministry, particularly for people just like you who are seeking sound wisdom and guidance that will help you get into your place. Our assessments are designed to aid you in identifying and learning more about your ministry gifting or fivefold office. You will find out your ministry strengths, abilities, aptitudes, character and assets, including your emotional intelligence, ministry readiness, and most suited ministerial environment. It offers a total snapshot of you as an existing or potential minister. Take an assessment, a decidedly different way to discover your call and purpose. Fulfilling your purpose will help you take the guesswork out of discovering destiny. Take the first step by visiting www.ppmglobalresources.com today. And we are back live on the Paula Price Show with the one and only Dr. Paula A. Price. Wow. Well, I don't know. Actually, I feel like we've had a lot of show already, don't you? Yes, I feel like we've had about two of them. Oh, my gosh. It was such a dynamic first hour or so. I was grateful to have him, and you were telling me how talkative our viewers were, so I'm thrilled. Make sure that if you're on Block Talk, make sure you pass this on, pass it on, and pass it on. Also, go back to Periscope, watch it again, but pass it along. Pass it along. This man has a powerful commission to this generation, and we definitely want to make sure that when he's in Tulsa, he gets an opportunity to fulfill that commission, so pass it on. All right, I'm ready to take calls. Are you ready to give me calls, Prophet Ashley? I'm ready to give you some calls, and if you are a caller in the need of prayer and breakthrough, go ahead and press that one. We have first on the line, Jean from California. And she's calling in today, Dr. Price, for prayer for her family. Jean, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking my call. Bless you, Jean. Tell me, what's going on with the family? Uh, My daughter and my granddaughter. My granddaughter is 20. So much conflict between them. My daughter keeps putting them out. Uh, She's a good girl. She just has a mouth. But she just work and go to school, come home. And there's just too much conflict between them. Okay. Now, how old is the granddaughter again? She's 20. She's 20. And you're, okay, so she's 20 years old, 
And she, yes. as far as you know, she just goes to work and come home. Is that right? Yes, yes. Now, what does your daughter say? What is your daughter's issue with her child? Uh, as far as I know, it's a matter of her paying rent. My daughter, uh, my my granddaughter worked. She had a little job at Walmart, and she pays my daughter rent. And I, I, I really don't know what the problem is. It's just whatever my daughter's saying, she don't. No, she does have a mouth because my daughter has a mouth. So she's just very outspoken. And uh, but uh, that's all I know. I mean, she's so, come so here today. Hmm? So let me ask you. So you feel so when your daughter puts her child out out at twenty, because she is a grown woman now. So when she puts her child out, what does your daughter tell you is the reason for such drastic action? Uh, she has to obey the rules, and the rules okay. are, and the rules are the only rule that she don't obey. Or maybe have problems in it is paying the rent, and okay. uh, and my granddaughter went and bought a car on her own, and that upset my daughter. Sometimes when she put her out, she comes here and stay at my house and stay, mm-hmm. and uh, she just uh, she loves her mom. I'm putting this way, she loves her mom. She is a mommy's baby, and even though she's twenty and grown. She don't have that maturity, you know, that most 20-year-olds have. She's a homebody. She just want to go home. When she's here, she just want to go home. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me just say this, and I'm going to, Jean, can I talk to you as a woman who has, you know, grown children? Yes. Um, okay. The first thing I want to do is I'm going to ask you to do the hardest thing anybody has ever asked you to do. If you will just role play with me, the hardest thing you've ever had to do, I want you to role play with me. Would you do that? Yes. Okay. Then the hardest thing that you've ever had to do, I want you to stop being a grandmother. (laughs) No, I'm really, I want you for a minute. We're going to role play. I don't want you to answer me as a grandmother. I want you to answer me as a mother. Okay. Because we need to role play this, you and I. So your mother you have a daughter, because you've raised a daughter, so this won't be difficult for you. So you've raised this daughter who puts buying a car or paying rent, who has no verbal self-control, who is determined that life's going to be on her terms at 20, and who obviously rises up against her mom whenever she feels like her mom should respect her as an adult and then decides to demand her mother treats her as a daughter when she doesn't want to be responsible. So I need you to talk to me as a counselor. What would you say to the mother who came to you with those issues? I'll probably just say um, you're going to have to, uh, she can't abide by the rules then she has to make other arrangements to live somewhere else. Why would you give that counsel? Because if I set the rules and she's not abiding by the rules, um, then um, we have a problem. And what is the problem that we actually have? Because you're still counseling. Okay. What is the problem we actually have? Well, she, if 
if the mother says that, okay, the problem is you're not obeying the rules. She's not obeying the rules. And the rule, the rule is uh, she don't have a problem with her going out, staying out, loud music, whatever, whatever, whatever. Those problems, uh, like uh, the granddaughter don't have. She has a problem with um, paying her rent because some months she may say, well, I didn't get enough hours, so I can't pay my rent. And, um, oh, she has a problem with uh, just kind of grumpy and grouchy. And the main thing is the rules. Uh, okay, so the mother. Mm-hmm. So, so let's look. Let's look at this. All right. So now okay. you are done with. You're not counseling any longer. Okay. You ready? Okay. You're not counseling any longer. I don't, I'm done with the counseling. You just got a new job, and you know where your new job is. You've got right. to be property manager. Oh. And your job is to be property manager. And so you have to decide who can be a good tenant in this building that you're managing and who should not be admitted into this building. And then you have to decide when a person can stay and when a tenant should be evicted. Now I want you to take this issue that you just laid out. You're the property manager. Now you switched or you left that other job. Now, what is your counsel to this sweet little 20-year-old girl who just wants to live life her way? Well, if you don't pay your rent, and if you don't pay it on time or you don't pay your rent, period, then, of course, I have to give you a notice or eviction. But I didn't get enough hours then. You don't understand. I didn't get – it's not like I don't want to pay it. They just got my hours at work. Well, as a property manager, that's not – Kind of my concern. My concern is that we have a contract, and the contract says that on this date you pay X amount of rent. And if you can't pay X amount of rent, then uh, I will have to give you a notice of eviction. But you don't understand. I'm only 20 years old. I work for this little Walmart. It's not my fault. They don't pay me more. Uh, I'm sorry, but I can't. That's I can't. Uh, that's not really my problem or my my concern. My concern is that you pay your rent as stated, as you stated, or as you sign this contract. But what do I do about my car note? I mean, I have a brand new car I just got. You understand? I have to make a decision every month about my car note or my my rent when my job cuts my hours. I mean, I don't know what to do about that. Uh, I I cannot answer that for you. Your responsibility, first responsibility, is to pay your rent or you won't have a place to stay. But did you hear, now, you are now, I put you in two roles that your daughter must must fill. Do you now hear yourself outside of your grandmother's bias? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so this is why it's difficult. Let me tell you something. The hardest thing to do in life is to make Mm -hmm. quality decisions when your emotions are so attached. Your emotions, your granddaughter, are on. I understand them. I promise you I do. But the bottom Mm -hmm. line is that you have, you've literally vilified your daughter for an irresponsible, for her trying to mother an irresponsible daughter, an irresponsible child. And you would have never tolerated that. No. 
And do you know why you want your daughter to indulge it? Because you wish you had. Mm. Wow. And so here's what I tell every parent, and I will pray. I think we've kind of, I think you can go and heal your own family from what we just did. But here's what I found out. You know, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I tell every parent, you have no right to deprive the next generation of the due uh, development and the due experiences it takes for them to survive their world. You are mm-hmm. literally causing your granddaughter to not survive her world. If anything happens to your mom, her mom tomorrow, or anything happens to her mom and you tomorrow, will your granddaughter thrive on her own? Mm. Uh, She's been so sheltered, so probably not. Right. So think about it, because it's important that you think beyond your feeling, your enjoyment of this child. You should enjoy your granddaughter. Wonderful. But your enjoyment should not cripple her ability to prosper in life, and you don't have that right to do that. No grandparent has the right to do that. Yesterday is gone, and the world in which you made those decisions for your daughter is also gone. That world doesn't exist any longer. So however way you're processing your observation of this situation, you still have to not make it more important to you to have your enjoyment and your appreciation and approval of your grandchild take precedence over her ability to thrive as a human being and as an adult woman. That's not something that you want to do. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So you you do? Yes, I do. So you have a duty to do two things. If I were to, if I were just giving you, an, I'm, I'm just giving you counsel. You are very, you're a very smart lady, and you're a very objective lady in every other area. So this thing has become a blind spot to you. So you definitely want to explore the root of that blind spot, and you, and, and it's a selfish one because it's a selfish blind spot because you enjoy your grandchild, but you have two things to do that you have the power to rectify this situation. The first thing is to sit down with your daughter and to let her know you have had an awakening. Mm-hmm. And you have had a, an awareness of what she's trying to do. And you realize that she's trying to see to it that her daughter makes it in life, that she doesn't have to turn to some bad relationship and possibly marry some guy, you know what I mean, turn into some sort of unsafe behavior just to fill the gap. That's the first thing you want to do is let your daughter know you understand. And and because you understand, you're now going to support what she's doing. That's number one. Number two, you're going to go back to your grandchild and you're going to say, you know what? I've enjoyed you. I get such pleasure out of you. It's unbelievable. And and I love you. And sometimes that blinds me to your future and your well-being. And so the way I've been covering you from your mom has not, has, it will prove to be detrimental to your well-being in the future. So I'm going to stop doing that, and your mom and I are going to partner to see to it that you are a thriving, healthy, responsible young woman. Yes. Now, when you do that, if I, I'm just giving you suggestions, but when you do mm-hmm. that, you're going to tell her from now on when you don't, if you have a job that doesn't meet your rental obligations, if you didn't live with your mother, you'd be in the street or shacking up with somebody. So you need to find a better job because that would be my mature counsel to someone that I wasn't deeply in love with. Okay. And then the third thing you would tell her when you're short, if you don't have a job to make this happen, you need to do something else. You need to get two jobs because that's what adults do. 
Adults will work two or three jobs to maintain themselves in the standard to which they desire to live. And then lastly, if you don't pay your rent and your mother lets you put you out, I'm going to have Kleenex and tissues. I'll let you stay with me for five days. You'll either fix it or find a place, and I will only do it once. Okay. Because right now she is pitting you against her mom, and that is poor math parenting in anybody's book. Oh, my God. Jeez. I couldn't Understood. see that. <laughs> you're, I'm not, but you know, you you were operating on grandmama love. I understand yeah. grandmama love. You were operating mm-hmm. on grandmama love because you you know that second generation is nothing but pure pleasure because you don't have the the uh, duty of you know food, clothes, and all that other stuff. So when she visits you, you want her to have a relief. You want it to be a vacation, and that's how it should be. But there are rules to every relationship. If a relationship is going to endure life then there has to be rules. Yeah. So that's my that's my counsel to you, and I pray that you find it helpful and useful. When you have that conversation, we would love for you to call back and let us know, give us a, a follow-up and an update on how this works out for you. I sure will, yes, yes. Okay, so let me pray. Father God, I thank you for Jean. First of all, Lord, I thank you for a woman who pressed through to to produce a, a quality human being and a productive citizen of modern society. So I thank you for that. I also thank you, Lord, for a grandmother who loves her daughter so deeply and her daughter's fruit so deeply that she can sometimes just be a little blindsided by her granddaughter's Mm -hmm. negative attitudes and negative conduct. So, Lord, I'm asking that you make her a matriarch and a mentor and not just a grandmother. I'm asking that you raise up that matriarchal mentorship in her so that she can coach her grandmother daughter into a productive and responsible lifestyle. I'm asking God that you give her the courage to balance her emotions with her sense of duty to this generation and to this young woman so that she can make quality judgments that bring about your wisdom and your righteousness in all of their affairs. I'm also asking that you re to me, Lord, I'm asking that you would reunite her with the unity of her daughter. I'm asking that they come into one mind and that she is able to let her daughter know, I am with you. I'm not against you. I'm not a jerk critic. I am your supporter. And, God, I'm asking that she does it in a way that brings this family closer together, but also that assures this brilliant young woman a future and a hope. And I'm thanking you for doing it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Yes. God bless you. <laughs> right. Amen. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, Prophet Ashley. All right, Dr. Price, we have back on the line with us this week, Irena from Louisiana. And it was her line was a little choppy earlier, uh, but she is calling in for prayer for family and instructions for herself for how to get back to, as we call, that place in God. Irena, welcome back to the Paula Price Show. Hey, Dr. Paula Price. God bless you. Hello. How are you, Irena? How are you doing? I'm well, hon. Thanks. Thanks for this opportunity to get on the prayer line. <laughs> yeah, I was truly blessed. 
Yes, but um, for his family, yes, uh, I need much prayer for family, also granddaughter. Oh, you got a granddaughter too, huh? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, she's 18. I mean, she's just been going through since uh, probably 14, too. So I'm like, Lord, I've been praying for this child. I mean, I don't know what to do, but I ain't going to stop praying, that's for sure. You know, well, in and out of school, she, getting put up. Huh? Does she live with you? She don't live with me. She live with her mother. Okay. She comes in the night so, time to time, you know. Okay, but does, is your situation similar to the call that I just had? No, it's just it's just her, like, in school, fighting, getting put out. You know, and uh, she was at her last draw this year. She got put out of high school, and her mother sent her to job co. But her mother called me this morning. She didn't. She she didn't got put out of there. And it's like silly things she's doing, you know. So I don't know if she's crying out. I don't know. I mean, what it is, you know. Just it's been silly stuff ever since. Like I like to say, meeting these new friends, just doing silly stuff. Want to be the center of attraction, you know. So I tell like, me no, about like she's, huh? Tell me about your daughter. Give me a give me a cause me to have a picture of your daughter as a woman and then your daughter uh before she became a mom. Now that's my granddaughter now. I know, but I'm talking about your daughter. I don't have no daughter. I have three sons. Okay, then yeah, because you don't want to have the okay. Tell me about the daughter's mama. Okay, her, she worked all the time. It's like they pretty much had to take care of themselves. She has, uh, let me see, she has three other daughters. She has two older than my granddaughter. My granddaughter is the third oldest. Then she has a son, which is my grandson. And then she has a younger uh, daughter, probably about maybe seven, I guess. But as uh, far as I know, from a child, pretty much from young, her mother always worked it. Try to take care, you know, the children, and they pretty much took care of themselves. So you know, the oldest was there, but huh? Well, then let me ask you this, because I don't, I want to, I want to get to the heart of this. Your son, daughter that you're concerned about, is your son's child. So what is your son doing? To what is he doing to father his daughter? Nothing. That's one of the problems. Okay. That's one of the problems. a couple of years back, he did five years when she was much younger, right? So in her mind, all she was saying when my daddy get out, what he gonna do? What he gonna do? What he gonna do? But when he did, when his dad, when her daddy got out, he had gotten a relationship while he was incarcerated with uh, a, a lady in Marsville, Louisiana. But this child was waiting for her dad to come, right? But I, I noticed I, ever since that, she just started acting out, you know. Looking for love, all in the wrong places. So I think this got a lot of, you know, role to play with, you know, how she's acting out. It's like she's looking for this little girl in the inside of her. Well, I think you're right. I think you're very close to what she is. And and if I had to sum it up, I'm going to tell you this, Arena. Your granddaughter has lost hope. She has yes, no hope. Yes, that, that's or another thing. She's she, huh? she, She's hopeless. She felt like her the one thing that she hung all of her hope on was her father. And as a result, when he came out and he rejected her, she had nothing to Mm -hmm. replace that hope with. So she, as far as she could, 
children. It doesn't make make a difference if she lives or dies, if she finishes school, doesn't finish school, if she makes money, doesn't make money, if she's a good girl or a bad girl because she has nobody wants her. Her mother can't handle it because she's working. And, and the difficulty with being the mom of all of those different children with different fathers is that yes. each child has different parental experience. And the mm-hmm. other children get a chance to see that, but they also get taunted. By you know, this modern culture may have liberated parents to do what they want to do and all of that, but when you're trying to put together a family with three or four different fathers and each father has a different idea of how to treat that child, the the Mm -hmm. home life is very turbulent and it's very strifeful. Mm -hmm. And so I would venture yes. to say that there's a lot of mocking, there's a lot of taunting, and there's the strifefulness of the family life simply because there is no no unity. And the one unity that they have or the one bond of unity they have is a mother who has to work all the time to compensate for her bad decisions. Yes. So here's where we are. Your daughter, your mm-hmm. granddaughter, probably, I'm going to pray for her, definitely going to pray for her, but she needs counseling. I would love for you to have her call Go, uh, set up an advisement for us at PPM Global Resources for her to have an advisement, okay. which she needs a private place to blow off steam. She needs to say all okay. of the ugliness in her soul. She needs to be able to fuss and not feel like there are repercussions. And then she needs somebody to help her find herself. This girl mm-hmm. literally picked herself up. I'm talking about her soul. She picked herself mm-hmm. up and threw in the trash, and as far as she's concerned, that's where she belongs, in the trash, because everybody else is trashed, so she is living her life in the trash. Yes. And we've got to make her want to come out of the trash and decide oh, yes. that whether, whether daddy does what he does, mama does what they do, she's got mm-hmm. to see that there's worth in her, that even though her, her circumstances are difficult, there's no mistake in God. He did not make exactly. a mistake in bringing her into the planet. So we, I want you to exactly. do that. So when it's all over, I want you to do, go go to drpaulaprice.com and say, I want a mm-hmm. prophetic advisement, and then we're going to – and trust me, we have people who will pray with her. She needs to, okay. a, a private environment. She needs a safe person and a safe place mm-hmm. who that she can go to. And I would and Prophet D is usually our prophet mm-hmm. for that. You've heard her earlier. She will be connected mm-hmm. with her. This girl has, we've got to talk her out of the trash can because that's where yes. she is right now. Yes. Okay, yes. Father, yes. we thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for this thank young you, woman. Father. We thank you for, Lord, thank loving you. her and giving her to a grandmother who will fight for her, a grandmother yes. who will Right, the son's rejection of his seed. And God, while you're yes. at it, I dispatch, a, I dispatch your revelation and a spirit of conviction on that son. I, I send forth a spirit of away from his bad decisions just because he's found a better way of life. So I'm asking yes. that you get the Holy Ghost. I am dispatching you on yes. him. Lord, haunt his dreams, haunt his prayers, haunt his happy yes. days, haunt his celebration, haunt his quiet times. God, he has to take responsibility for the life he brought into existence, and he doesn't have a right to trash the one that doesn't no longer appeal to him because he's done with the father. God, I put fatherhood on him. I send the spirit of fatherhood to his heart. I break the seal that's locking him out and causing him to bless the seed and to bless the life that he brought into existence. And God, I speak to whatever he's connected to now, and I say, you shall not be a 
failure and you shall not be a hindrance. This child yes. will be blessed yes. and accepted. And oh, God, yes. I don't just that father, but I send this prayer forth on all of these fathers that have yes. taken us and made children and treating them like they're trash and throwing them in the trash yes. can. And we're going to get more yes. up. And I halt and arrest this trashing of the generation because the parents did not have forethought or refuses to go back and take care of what they brought into existence. I bless this young girl. I command the torment in her soul to cease and desist in the name of Jesus. I take off her garments of rejection and I close her. In the name of Jesus. Of the Almighty, I take that torment and those terrors in her head. Mm-hmm. God, that crazy that goes on in her head. Lord, I send peace yes. in her mind I and I cover her in the peace of God in, in the Jesus name of name. Jesus. Lord, I bless you for it. Thank amen you, and amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. God Father. bless you. Mm, God bless you. God bless you. Take care. Bye bye. All right, Prophet Ashley, I got 15 minutes. That means I could take another call. <laughs> uh, actually, well, you have about 12. But um, I had a couple callers lined up, and they're lying. they dropped off the line. So it is all you closing us out today. Okay. Well, they, if they call back, because I'm telling you, somebody I'm supposed to talk to, I feel it. I mean, I don't know who that is, but oh, I feel look, it. Look, see, and somebody just popped Oh, See, now people are messing with me, getting back in. Okay. 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 Say something deep for two minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have to say something deep for two minutes. Be well, deep. I had an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I had an opportunity to really let you all hear how sometimes you need an outer perspective and another perspective on your situation. I definitely want to talk to grandparents. First of all, I think grandparents in today's crazy society are good things. For the most part, most of these grandparents, if it wasn't for them, their own seed, their own generations would be just totally uh, mutilated and, and abused. But I want to tell you, as a grandparent, you must step into that mentorship role. You must not just be the nurturer. You must not just be the coddler. You must not just be the protector or the barrier between the parent and the child. You must mentor. Remember this. Whether you agree with it or not, your child will have to survive a future, and you will not be around to, to secure that future. I don't care if you have all the money in the world. You cannot hide them from the realities of life. So you have to start nurturing and interacting with your grandchildren by not vilifying or criminalizing their parents and also or, and even criticizing them and not allowing that child to pit you against your parents, their parents. You have got to be a mentor. You've got to be a matriarch or patriarch. You've got to secure them. Your wisdom is to, to make life better for them, and if you can't make life better, to make, enable them to make better decisions in life. That's what this is all about. How am I doing? Is there any profit asking? Because, you know, I don't know. She that was good. Something. That was deep. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, supposed to call. I'm supposed to talk to another caller, so I want my caller. All right. I have one. I have Diane. From Pennsylvania, our Diane is on the line. She is transitioning. She is relocating to Tulsa in August and would like some prayer over that transition. Diane, Roe Warrior, with the, with the teenager. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fall Christ Show. Hi, Dr. Price. How are you? I am fine, Diane. Now, you are bringing the kids in uh, June, right? No, ma'am. I'm not. Okay. 
It's a I will be there year in August. I'm, yes, ma'am, it uh, is. It's a horrible year to not go. I know, and you need the funds. I know you're struggling. You know, many people don't know Diane's story. Is we got her. She also lost her husband, what, two years ago now, is it? So she's on her own yes, raising her children. And so I'm going to put a, a, a call out there. I, her son and she have been really wrestling since his dad's death. I want you to know if there's anybody out there who feel like I want to help sponsor this family so this her young a teenager, um, she has a boy and a girl, can get blessed, please do that. I'm not asking you, uh, this is not a fundraiser. I'm just asking if somebody says, I want to be a part of getting that young man into the attention of this mighty person we've had, this mighty minister we've had earlier, then do it. I just would ask that. That's all. I'm done. So now let's pray because, you know, I only have a few minutes because, you know, every time I think I got 10 minutes, she tells me I got three. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what happened? I'm not, I'm not, what clock I'm looking at? So listen, tell me, what do you want me to focus my prayers on, beloved? Um, just focus on the prayers of, um, I, I really was blessed on the side note, really have been blessed, especially with the grandmothers calling in, and even as you're mentoring and, and encouraging young women with their children. Um, I've just been blessed with that. But just the general prayer of the transition and move. Um, okay. How's it going? How, how close are we? Because, you know, my, my prayers work, and I do bring you here by the Holy Ghost. I set you up by the spirit of the living God. I open the personnel resources of the land to you in Jesus' name, yes, and I put you in the proper house and in the proper environment for your children. We welcome you, and I speak to the princes of the air and the agents and civil authorities of the city and say, welcome this woman into our land. Welcome her children into our land. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that good? Yes. I receive it. Amen. Be here, and I'm and I'm praying. If it be the will of God, I'm praying that you will have the resources. I hate for your son to not be in this man's presence. I'm being honest with you. The whole idea of it just really bothers me because I know he's trying. He's fighting for his manhood. He's fighting for identity. And uh, if he can get a touch from this, it'd be great. That's what I really want for him to get a touch for, as well as your daughter. Um, but that's just me. I'm not. I'm no pressure, folks. Don't write up me because you know they be writing. Don't write me and say that. And do it. God bless you. If you can't, don't even mention it. Just toss it off. All right. I, so is there Amen. anything else you? No, ma'am. That's all. That's it. Thank you. See you You're in August. Welcome, my I'm looking forward to it. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God bless. Bye bye. God bless. Bye bye. Okay, Prophet Ashley. All right, you want to you want to slide in with the home run with one more? I t- if, if it's like that, I can do it. I, I'm on a roll today. Do you hear me? I do. Okay, now you're going to have four minutes. So here we go. This is <laughs> Zany. I got to start there. This is Zany from Illinois. She needs. She took the assessment. She needs a financial breakthrough in her life and a a, a mental breakthrough from. She said stinking thinking so she can have a turnaround. Zany, she only has three and a half minutes, so don't take it up talking. Welcome to the Paula Price Show. Uh, okay, so Zany, I'm going to do it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm doing it fast, okay? Number yes, one, when yes, I hang ma'am. up, 
go to my website, drpaulaplice.com, sign up for prophetic advisement. You don't deserve to be rushed. You need attention. Sign up for that. Number two, God, I summon a breakthrough. I'm calling mercy. I'm calling your favor, God, and I'm calling even your indulgence in her life. And I'm asking, God, that you would grant her with the finances she needs to make happen what you're calling her to do, to pursue her life. God, I take her out of the ranks of poverty at your word, and I set her in the realm of prosperity from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I did it. In Jesus' name. And yes, glory. God bless. God bless. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh. I hit it. Did you see I hit it? Bang! One, two punch. Right. One, two punch. Well, am I saying goodbye now? Is that what the next thing on my list? Yes, that is the next thing on your list. Okay. Don't forget. Bring your children to the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, and especially with your child is prophetic. How do you know if your child is prophetic? They talk about God. They dream. They have visions. They have answers. They are uncannily insightful, and they're very, very profound even for their age. Bring your child. Bring your teens and your tweens. I think that's what Prophet Adir told me. We've got them covered. Until tonight, we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a prosperous afternoon. Let there be no conflict in the workplace. Let there be no setback. Make you meet your deadlines. And join me again tonight at 8 p.m. for Prophetic Ed. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.